We've all seen the most popular habit tracking apps and behavior change apps out there, and they all track this one metric, the idea of streaks. You know what a streak is. It's how many times you've done a behavior every single day in a row without missing. And streaks have long been seen as an effective way to drive motivation. In fact, there is this common story out there that uh, Seinfeld used to write a joke a day and cross off a day on the calendar in order to uh, be consistent. And at some point, it became about not wanting to break the chain. But is any of this actually true? Do streaks actually help? And what about Seinfeld himself saying that that story isn't true? Today on the show, I want to dive deeper into the conversation around tracking streaks, why I believe it's actually not that effective a way of improving behavior, and what I think we should be doing instead. Stay tuned, because this is Tiny Leaps. Big when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is sponsored by Monk Pack. Monk Pack offers low sugar, keto friendly bars, which are plant based, gluten free, and non GMO. They're the perfect snack for anyone who's trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. And that's really hard to do. I've tried a lot of the alternatives, and taste is always the first thing to go. But that's not the case with Monk Pack. I just had a peanut butter bar that was straight up fire. And I don't even really like peanut butter that much. But this bar was so damn delicious. And it only had one gram of sugar, two grams of net carbs, and it had a whole five grams of plant-based protein. Monk Pack bars have an amazing chewy texture and come in delicious flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, coconut cocoa chip, and caramel sea salt, all of which I've had, by the way, phenomenal. The, the team over at Monk Pack is doing such a good job. They are slaying the game when it comes to plant-based snacks. They're perfect for a quick breakfast, a snack between Zoom calls, or as a guilt-free decadent dessert. So why not join me? Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering the code TINYLEAPS at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's it. Monkpack.com, M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product you want. Then enter the code TINYLEAPS at checkout and you save 20% off your purchase. And they're so confident that you're going to love it. And honestly, I'm so confident that you're going to love it that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. 
So head over to monkpack.com, pick any product you want, and enter the code TINYLEAPS to get 20% off your first purchase. So what is the purpose of tracking your streaks? Well, on the surface, the idea is simple. You want to increase your motivation for a certain behavior. You believe, and, and many of these apps believe, that if you build up a streak over time, eventually you're so invested. You know, you've got a, a 30, 60, 90 day streak. You're so invested in this thing that you're going to take the action just because you don't want to lose the streak. And the question I want to ask is simple Does this actually work? And I think the answer seems very obvious. There are plenty of examples of people doing a thing because they don't want to lose the streak. I've done this myself. But I actually think that if you dig a little bit deeper, it gets a little bit more complicated. And there's this larger question of maybe it does work, but is it the most effective way? Is it the healthiest way? So let's start here. I've been reading recently the book Get It Done by Eilat Fishbach. And fun fact, I have an interview with her publishing next month. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the book is phenomenal, extremely, extremely well written, uh, includes a ton of research and studies. You know, you know, I'm a nerd about that stuff. So it is really, really a great read and I recommend it. And one of the things that she talks about in the book is that the idea of measuring progress when done correctly can actually improve motivation. And she's done the studies on this. She's done the research on this. Um, so we know that measuring progress works and that would lead towards the idea that streaks should work. And we also know through this thing called loss aversion, um, I'm not sure if this is like a cognitive bias or just a tendency or, or, or what it is, but this idea of loss aversion, it says that people feel the pain of losing something far more intensely than they feel the pleasure of gaining that thing. So if you've ever heard that quote from Tony Robbins that people will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure, this is sort of where that comes from. And it's it's obviously not that simple. Um, it, it's it's a little bit more complex than that, but this idea that we feel more pain losing something than gaining it can actually be a source of motivation. We are more likely to take an action to avoid that pain and the intensity of that pain than we would in order to gain the thing. So both of these ideas together, the, the idea that measuring progress works and can be effective and the idea that we feel extreme pain when we lose something and are therefore likely to take the action in order to avoid the loss, that should point to the idea that streaks are effective. They seem effective as a way to drive motivation. And of course, we've seen this play out in the larger landscape. Everyone talks about streaks, everyone, whether in the form of like tracking on a calendar or pretty much any habit tracking app out there includes streaks as a part of it. In fact, there is a huge, huge player, a huge habit tracking app called Streaks. There are all following this approach because it seems really effective. And they are. The caveat that I want to add to this is that they're effective when you have them. You see, not wanting to lose a streak can often be the difference between action or no action. But what happens when you do inevitably lose it? 
Because the, the crazy thing is we all want to think when we're creating our plan, when we are building our habits and our strategy and we we're trying to, to do something new, we want to think of ourselves in a positive light. And so we look ahead and we say, oh, I only have to carve out five minutes a day. I can do that. That's easy. I'm capable of that. There's no way I'm going to lose this streak. And that's how we approach it. But the problem with that is that we don't live in sterile environments. Life is complicated. The world is messy. And one day, it could be tomorrow or it could be 100 days from now, something is going to happen that is going to cause us to lose that streak. Something. We don't know what. We can't necessarily plan for it. But something will happen. Maybe it's something extreme. Maybe it's something mild. Maybe we just forget. Maybe we're out with friends and we just don't think about it. But something will happen that causes us to lose that streak. And if that happens on the 50th day, you've now got a 50-day streak. That's where loss aversion becomes the enemy. You see, when you have the streak, it's helpful. It feels like, okay, yeah, I want to avoid that pain, so I'm going to take the action. But once you lose it, you have to feel that pain. You have to go through it. And you cannot tell me that having to go through that, having to experience that pain isn't going to make it harder for you to stay motivated the next time you try. And that's the danger, in my opinion, of streaks. Ultimately, what you're doing when you track streaks is ignoring the, the, the truth that you're going to miss one day and not preparing yourself for the pain and the, the lack of motivation that can come from that. Not to mention, streaks also, when they're going perfectly, they also have a negative and potentially unhealthy side effect where all of a sudden you're doing the behavior specifically to maintain the streak as opposed to doing it for its inherent benefits, as opposed to doing it because it's something you enjoy or just want to do. You're so focused on the streak, the number, the not losing it part that you forget to actually enjoy this thing that you wanted to do and gain the benefits from it. And all of this leads to punishing ourselves for failure rather than rewarding ourselves for success. And while I've never seen a specific study on the effectiveness of punishing ourselves for failure versus rewarding for success and, and which drives behavior change more effectively, I tend to believe that it's going to depend on the person and the situation and so on and so forth. However, every bit of research I've read that is tangential to that makes me believe that Rewarding our successes, rewarding behavior is far more effective in the long term than punishing failure. So then that leads to the question, what should we do? If streaks aren't that effective in the long term, what should we do? Well, first of all, I want to say this. I think streaks still have a place. However, I would focus it into a short window of time, a specific challenge, if you're trying to uh, take on a new behavior and you want to do it for 30 days, 
in those 30 days, tracking your streaks can be effective. But having it as a part of the larger long-term plan, I think its only role is to be effective in those short little bursts that you do. What I think could be more effective is looking at progress in other ways. So going back to Islet Fishbach's book, the book is called Get It Done, and she talks about the fact that measuring progress can be an amazing source of motivation, and it comes down to how you measure it and where you are in the process. Essentially, the question of how committed are you is what is important. When you're very committed to the behavior because it's an established habit or you have a lot riding on it or it's just something that's going to get done no matter what, when you're very committed, it can be very motivating to look at what you have left to do. When you're not that committed yet, it can be very motivating to look at what you've done so far. And the side effect of looking at what you've done so far is that it helps to reinforce commitment. If you're new to something, you're not quite sure if you want to do it, you're not quite sure if you can do it, the more you do it and the more you look at that, the more you start to believe that you are actually committed to this thing. And so that can actually help you build your commitment, which then allows you to switch to, okay, what do I have left to do? And that becoming a source of motivation. So the first question that you need to ask yourself is always how committed I am to this. And that might be a hard question to answer, but it is going to be a personal response. I cannot give you any prescriptions for this. You have to look at the behavior you're trying to build, look at the habit you want to build and ask yourself, how committed am I? And I don't just mean, oh, yeah, I'm super committed and sort of like talking yourself up. I mean, like, look at your actual actions. Is it something you've been doing? Is it something that you've been reading about? Is it something that you're actually following through on in other ways to show that you are actually committed to this thing? If not, then maybe you're not that committed yet. And that's fine. You don't have to be. You can build that over time if you choose to. But you have to be honest at this stage. Once you know the answer, it's going to change your strategy. If it's a task that you're not very committed to yet, then measuring a total number of times that you've done the activity and comparing it to the total timeline can be motivating. And this also gives you access to information like in the past month, you've done this behavior 70% of the time. So just to give an, uh, an example of that, if you decide you want to get into meditation and you're just not that committed yet, you can say, this is the start date. I'm going to start on uh, February 23rd, 2022. And I'm going to count every day that I do it. And it doesn't matter if I miss a day. It doesn't matter if I break the chain. That's not what we're tracking. We're tracking every time that this behavior is done. And then in a month, you look at it and you say, okay, the start date was February 23rd, 2022. It's now March 23rd, 2022. It's been 30 days. How many times have I done it? I've done it 17 days out of those 30. I've done it 21 days out of those 30. You now get to see, oh, wow, I've done it 21 times. That's awesome. That's amazing. Next time, maybe I aim for 22 in the next month. Maybe I aim for 25. Maybe I get crazy and I aim for 28. But measuring progress in that way can be effective when you're not that committed yet. It gets you excited about what you've done and what that can mean going forward. 
And if you are very committed, then measuring milestones can be helpful. Tracking your first five times doing the behavior and how long it took you to get to that number five. And then tracking the first 10 times and the 20 and the 50 and how long it takes you. This also gives you the added benefit of being able to measure things like whether or not hitting your milestones is increasing, whether or not the pace that you're hitting them at is increasing. For example, if it took you 20 days to hit your first milestone of five, but then it took you 10 days to hit the next milestone at 10, you now know that the amount of time you're spending on that habit is increasing. And that can be incredibly motivating. That reinforces your commitment, but it also gives you this very tangible thing to look at what you have left to do. Okay, cool. I'm at this milestone. I want to hit this milestone. Here's how I'm going to approach it. So ultimately, here's the point. Streaks are a very common way to track progress but I don't actually think they're the best way. I think it's important that as individuals, we build our personal development stack based on things that actually work best for us rather than what's the first thing that comes to mind or what's the easiest thing to do. And oftentimes with things like streaks, we're only doing it because it's the first thing that came to mind because it's the thing that everyone talks about And therefore, it feels like that must be the right answer. And I hope whether you continue to use streaks in your personal stack or not, I hope that this line of thinking allows you to question some of the things you're doing as to whether or not they're actually serving you or potentially harming you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I want to thank today's sponsor, Monk Pack. I really, really have been enjoying their snacks. I don't say that very often. I've never been a fan of like bars, like the the little like bar snacks. Like it's never been my thing. I'm really loving their product. They do a phenomenal job. They taste amazing and they're super, super healthy for you. So check them out, monkpack.com. Enter the code TINYLEAPS at checkout and get 20% off your first purchase. I also want to remind you to download the app if you haven't already. I actually just pushed an update that was a complete redesign. It's getting awesome, awesome reviews so far. So download the app, search Upward Habits on any of the app stores or... Uh, tap the link in the description of this episode. Thank you again for being here. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.